1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pater, a Penn State football show. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin. This show was brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. We're big fans of Funk Citrus IPA, the Silent Disco IPA, but also be sure to also check out their Cranberry Sour Power Ale, the 365 Birthday IPA, and the Oatmeal Cookie Golden Ale. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Also, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. Everything from the NFL to esports. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable or the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code believe that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. PATER is presented by Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, we invite you to head to shop.believe.com that's shopb and search Pater for our two t-shirts. One is the official show logo over the heart. It comes in white, navy blue, and black and the other is a navy blue t-shirt. It has the Pater wordmark over the heart and on the back, circa the 2012 Penn State football season, it has Matt McGloin's name and number. Again, head to shop.believe.com that's shopb and search Pater for our two t-shirts. So, we're officially into the offseason of college football everybody's sad because the national title game was the last game of the year Georgia just thumping TCU most people tuned out by about the second quarter but one person who I'm sure watched the entire thing is Blue White Illustrateds Nate Bauer joining us here on Patert. so Nate now that you have a chance to be here into the offseason of college football I'm sure you're just you're getting in your rest you know your beauty sleep
2: uh, how you feeling? our our off-screen conversation has has seeped its way in. Uh yeah, you know, look, like last night was not particularly uh eventful or entertaining to watch, but the the college football season on the whole was was good and certainly from a Penn State perspective, it was eventful, a lot of stuff to to digest and certainly a bounce back season for the program. So, yeah, I I'm I'm ready to to chill and uh and hang out a little bit.
1: Nate, we appreciate you coming on, Matt. I do want to get your take real fast on what we saw on Monday night—the TCU just putting up virtually no fight against Georgia. And now that the bowl season has settled, how you feel about where Penn State stands in the thick of things?
0: You know, yeah, I, I mean, and for some of the game that I did watch, I did I st- I stopped watching when it got out of hand. But like, it, it does make you think, and and it makes you question. You know, is Georgia that good? Did TCU not play that well? Uh, Were they not as prepared as they should have been? And how big is the gap, right, between between Georgia, um, you know, TCU, Michigan, Ohio State, Bama, Tennessee, and, of course, Penn State. Ah, Just how large is that gap, Nate? And because Tom and I had talked about this. We talked about this a lot leading up to the Rose Bowl here. If Penn State could win this game, finish the year 11 and 2, beat a good Pac-12 team on a national stage in one of the best bowl games there is, do they belong in the conversation here in 2023? I now think they do. But there's a difference between being in the conversation and actually having a chance to compete within yeah. that group of teams that I just mentioned.
2: Yeah. Uh I I, I Nobody's going to like this. I'm going to say it like Drew Lahr has a lot, like there are big shoes to fill there at quarterback. Like it, it's just uh, everyone's ready to crown him. And I'm not saying that I'm not, I, I think that he is a a very capable uh, guy who with he, he's doing all of the things that you want to see that guy do as a true freshman, but uh, Sean Clifford, I just think represented a lot of, um, you know, the 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 undercurrent of work that just goes into that position, to being prepared for that position, and to to direct the team the way that he needed to. Now that said, there there are like lots of other guys too that we're not really necessarily talking about as much that I think deserve mentioned brenton strange has is leaves some big shoes pj mustafer is, is a huge piece that penn state has not replaced and i don't see a replacement really coming uh at, at that position so uh, uh the, the wide receivers we you know i'm sure you guys have talked endlessly about that but uh like has penn state set itself up well to be part of the conversation yeah yeah, for sure. I, th- I mean, certainly, I think that they'll be a top ten team preseason next next year. But are they are they there to where you would for- forecast them as right there with Georgia or Alabama or even m- maybe a Tennessee? Like, no, probably not. It's interesting, Nate. I've
1: heard you on Blue White Illustrated. You, know, you mentioned PJ Mustafer. I've heard you in the past talk about while PJ's and this is no disrespect to Mustafer, his overall talent is theoretically replaceable. Um, his quite literal size, there yeah. just aren't that many humans walking the planet. I think I'm quoting you directly on that um, yep. in regards to the way Penn State has been operating in the transfer portal. The guys they've gotten and the guys are still looking at at that position specifically. Is there any chance or you're just feeling like yeah, you know, they
2: kind of missed the window? Um. I- you know, you never say never. I, I, I mean, certainly the way that the actual transfer portal window has has changed from a rules perspective, it's dwindling, right? I mean, I think the date is January 19th uh, before guys become ineligible for next season. So, yeah, if it's going to happen, it would seem like it needs to happen soon. Uh, you know, and, and like, what do they have on the current roster? What, Who are the guys that you could foresee or project as being able to step in there. Uh I, I, I don't know, but I, I'm also not sure. And T Frank does a good job of explaining this. I, I'm not sure that that's exactly what Manny Diaz wants anyway. Right. Uh when you look at um you know some of some of the the hype for some of the guys who uh you know were there this year it's 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 not about like PJ's direct replacement, necessarily. They're looking for fast, quick, like not necessarily just run stuffers, guys who can, who can fill a hole. It's guys who can get to the quarterback, get to the quarterback, get to the quarterback, get to the quarterback. To the quarterback. Um, you know, so so yeah, I mean, I do think that certainly in a in a guy like, um, you know, uh, freshman name is escaping me. Zane Durant. Zane Durant. Uh, you know, certainly with a guy like that who has that type of, Build up through the preseason, and then you know I think was dealing with a couple of things during the course of the season. Yeah, I mean if he's if he's healthy next year and has an opportunity, then you know maybe it's not that big of an issue.
1: And we'll see how things go. As you mentioned, there's still a lot of time left on the transfer portal. Not a lot of time, but you got a whole week at this point. The time we're recording this. So from the haul that they've gotten so far in the portal, uh, who do you like? What would you like to see them do from here on out, you know, and what do you believe they're going to continue to target?
0: Yeah.
2: I, so Storm Duck is the guy who kind of stands out to me in the sense that he's an all ACC second, second team, all ACC guy uh, who is joining a position group that it wouldn't immediately stand out to you as being a necessity, right? Like that's a, that's an already very, very stacked group of cornerbacks that they have. Uh, and he's going to, Add to it. It's not a it's not a one for one losing Joey Porter and bringing in Storm Duck. But at the same time, uh, it's it's a it's a move that makes sense. He's a good fit. I've, I've spoken to the guy. He's a good fit culturally. I think for what Penn State wants, he he is a seamless fit in the locker room. Um, and, and that appears to me to be the way that Penn State is operating. Right. Is they, they are. And, and you see this. Right nationally, there are programs that are the highest bidder. Bottom line is that they are the highest bidder they want to fill a need. And so it does not matter where the skill set necessarily falls in the pecking order of their current room or the current NIL deals and arrangements that are made within those rooms. It is simply a matter of we want this. And there will not be an expense spared to to bring this in. Bottom line, Penn State's not doing that. They're, they're just not. Uh Pat Kraft said, and like this isn't some brilliant insight. <laughs> Pat Kraft talked about it. Uh, I think James Franklin has spoken about it publicly. They they want to be able to find guys who in the transfer portal who can maximize a year, have it be a fit that works in both directions, right? Uh if this is if this is the one year spot for you, uh, they're going to work with you on NIL. They're going to work to make sure that the numbers are right and that that all the 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 things for you to be able to, um, you know, cash cash in on that value. Like they they want that for all of their players, but they're they're not willing to do it at the expense of really upending everything. Uh, and so I think when you see a guy like Storm Duck. Like that's the one that makes sense. Devin Carter, uh, you know, I think as as Sean Fitz has reported, is a guy who com- a wide receiver tall kid who who committed after the Rose Bowl.
1: The he night was of not, the
2: Rose Bowl, yeah, the, the night of the Rose Bowl. Uh he he was not among. Uh, so Riley Thompson is a punter who also uh, he was the first kid to, to transfer through the transfer portal into Penn State. Uh, he and Storm Duck were announced on. Monday, I believe it was, by the program as like they're they're in, they're doing this. Uh Devin Carter was not. <laughs> so uh I, I think that there are things to be resolved there uh in terms of getting him on campus and and having that issue uh solidified, bottom line.
0: So the wide receiver spot, Nate, like you, you look at you know, and and it seems like they're looking for a Tinsley type guy. Somebody who can come in, make an impact, but understand what their role is, and you know, like for me, like when you look at stuff like that, like you also have to look at, like you look at the positions they're targeting and to bring in the portal, right? Obviously, that's telling you we do need help here, there.
2: I, I mean, I I hate to, um, you know, being blunt isn't necessarily my thing, but if if you're seeing the things that are being said and maybe some of the things that aren't being said, it, it's, Hey, like uh, where is Keandre Lambert Smith in terms of being a number one, right? Like, like where, where is he? Uh, he I, I think that he dealt with some things injury wise. I talked to him. Uh, he, he's a confident kid. He's a, He's a guy who believes that he is a number one can be a number one. But didn't necessarily have the season of consistency that Penn State is looking for, and that goes throughout the the roster, right? Is is Harrison Wallace like, is he ready to take that next step? Is he able to to have that consistency? Omari Evans, uh, you, you know, you just go down the line of the receivers that they have in that room, and it's not that they don't have talent. Again, James Franklin talks about this. It's not that they don't have talent; it's that the the ability to replicate their talent is lacking right yeah. if it's if it's four out of 10 times that's not good enough that's not good enough they uh, whether it's mike yersich whether it's james franklin uh whether it's taylor stubblefield they need to be able to trust that these guys are going to be where they need to be make the plays that they need to make on a consistent basis and uh, all of the like it's not a tough read between the lines is that that hasn't happened. That hasn't happened. And so this specific offseason, regardless of what happens in the transfer portal, because certainly they're going to bring they're going to try to at least bring one, if not two receivers in through the transfer portal. But with how that shakes out does not change the fact that the program as a whole is going to be tireless in its approach to, to developing those guys, like th- just the whole way down. Uh, and so, I mean, I think even you see a kid like, um, you know, Donald driver's kid, Christian driver uh, making that change from corner to, to receiver uh, at towards the end of the season. And now going into this off season, it's, Hey, they, they need help. They are going to try to maximize what they have on the roster. And they're going to look elsewhere to, to shore that up as much as possible as much as they possibly
0: can so Nate obviously as Penn State carries this momentum that they have in, in into this 2023 offseason here you have to think one of the one of the top teams in the country that that has a lot of momentum behind them um you know you, you mentioned Alar earlier you mentioned a few younger guys on this roster here and, and guys with potential that that have to step up now. Have yep. to improve right Lambert Smith, Harrison Wallace, a few other guys at the wide receiver position outside of Allar. When you look back at the and I know you guys don't have the opportunity to be there for the full practice or be there for for a lot of the practice, but you know yep. from what you saw early in in December practices or early in bowl practices or you know who can you point to or what what guys can you point to and say, you know, this guy he didn't do much in twenty twenty-two, but has the potential and has the you know the ability to have a great offseason and really make a push to be a big part of this team this year.
2: I'm going to really um take advantage of that question and give you a guy who didn't perform at all this past season, who was Zariah Fisher. Uh I, I think that that spot needs help. To begin with, uh, Nick Tarburton moving on is, is something obviously Adisa Isaac coming back is, is a win for the program. Um, you know, but you can't, you kind of can't have enough of those guys. Uh, you can't have enough of these pass rushers. And so I think that Zariah Fisher, he made his way back to, he, he, he got hurt obviously in spring practice, the last spring and was not a factor at all. This was supposed to be, uh, more of a contributing year for him. And so he just kind of disappeared and it was out of sight, out of mind, but he came back at the end of, at the end of the regular season was practicing maybe in as, as early as late October, early November. And I think if he's right physically, and I think he, he is trending in that direction, this he's a guy who absolutely would fit that bill As somebody who, again, you just didn't see this year, but very much is a younger guy who could make a contribution uh, next season. Are you a fan of rivalries?
1: Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tea is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with The Worst Tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball. Every fan is covered. Head over to their website, smackapparel.com, and use the promo code PAYDIRT at checkout for 10% off. Again, that's smackapparel.com, promo code PAYDIRT at checkout. Why wear boring when you can wear SMACK. Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard butters, plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com. And use our promo code paydirt fifteen paydirt15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you. I keep looking at the defensive line, Nate. You know, uh, there's just been so much potential that's been talked about for the last... I don't know. It feels like two years. And Matt and I have talked about it at nauseum. There's a lot of guys where it was like, well, it's just, you know, this guy was a big recruit. Let's just see how this goes. Eventually he's going to be realizing this opportunity. And then uh, there's names like Devon Ellis and Smith Vilbert. Um, And now I would add Jordan Vandenberg to that list as well. I liked what I saw out of him in the blue white game uh, in spring. But it's just like, okay, when's that step going to happen? And now you've got some huge shoes to fill, literally and figuratively with Mustafa and Tarbert and gone, as you talked about Um, that front seven as a whole, do you see them, uh, you know, uh, some of those guys realizing that now you got Curtis Jacobs and Abdul Carter back? I mean, there's a lot of positivity.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I mean, certainly I think that Amin Vanover fits the bill uh, uh, as a guy who was able to do some some positive thing. Look, Smithson is an interesting case to me because I think that there was a – and this isn't taking anything away from him, but you look at his sack numbers from 2021, and some of those were kind of gifts at the end of that Outback Bowl, right? It it wasn't necessarily a reflection, I I don't think, anyway, and I think that that was – Conveyed a little bit in in how he was talked about. So so you know the the notion that there was a little bit of a a buzz about him in Rose Bowl practices the week before the game because he was back right he was back and he was practicing but he wasn't going to be a factor right he wasn't going to be a factor in that game and for him to be a factor next season he again with the consistency thing it's gotta it's gotta come it has to round into shape um, but yeah I look. I, Denied Dennis Sutton should have people excited. Absolutely, right? uh, Adisa Isaac should have people excited. Um, you know, Zane Durant should have people excited. There, there are players. Hakeem Beeman, right there. There are players there who I think have a, a ton of potential, and with some consistency, could could take that next step in front of, as you said, uh, a, a linebacker group that. Really came into this season as like this major unknown, you know, hold your breath kind of situation. Like Curtis Jacobs can be a lot better. Like that's I that's completely a, agree. That's the thing about him is he he can be a lot better. And I think that if if the natural spots right uh, having Abdul Carter at the will, um, you know, moving him back, being able to play both of those guys at the same time, concurrent to strides that are necessary. We saw it again, right? For Tyler Elston, Kobe King having some consistency. If if those guys are able to take the next steps, then yeah, that's a, that's a front seven that I think is, ha- has a lot of potential. It's just, you're right. it It's not, it's not realized. Uh, and it's going to take proof for it to become that way. And that third linebacker, you feel like it's going to be Kobe King,
1: but it's like, even there's a spot where you're like uh, I don't know it feels like in camp
2: anybody could grab that job yeah i think kobe's interesting to me because i don't know that it was fair to expect that of him uh at that position with one year less than than els did uh you know it it's the the story kind of speaks for itself in terms of his ability to make plays versus his ability to really grasp everything that they're trying to do like this is complex stuff I could never do this stuff right like <laughs> they're out there and, and they're they're diagnosing in real time and not only are they doing that for themselves they're doing it for their teammates and so it like it is just a big undertaking that again like this is this is where it all happens right is January February March April is get that stuff together get those things locked down so that you can go into the summer months feeling confident in your position. Let's flip over to the offensive side of the ball Matt. We were talking a little bit
1: about, you know, Drew Aller and this is going to be the subject for the next <laughs> for the next 8 9 months unfortunately, <laughs> but here we go. Drew Woo. Aller has had his flashes. He had his opportunities to to get on the field in some mop-up duty and uh come in when Sean Clifford was injured obviously games like Purdue but to the point of Nate Bauer and a lot of people is that it's like there's excitement, there's hope, there's positivity, but we we just don't know yet. Um, what do you hope to see from him potentially as early as the blue-white game in regards to, you know, we talked about the receivers, we talked about the tight ends, some young tight ends coming in to bolster that position. You know your tailbacks, your offensive line you feel good about if they can get healthy. Where do you see Drew Aller going here in these early stages of becoming the starter?
0: One of the things that, I think is a big plus for a guy like Drew Allar is that he has a guy like Bo Prabula behind him because from what you know we saw at the Blue White game from a guy like Prabula, from the things we've heard, you know, throughout last off season when Prabula got on campus about how you know he's a worker, you know, uh, you know, enjoys training. Um, You know, he comes from a football family, right? So, right, it's you get the impression that a guy like Pabula isn't just going to walk in and think, well, I'm the backup. This guy is going to compete every single day. And if you're like Drew Allar, you need to understand that when the position that you're in, right, you can't get comfortable in that position. Or it's a guy like Pabula that could easily steal it from you. Now, I'm not going to say that that's going to happen, but the threat of knowing that it can is what keeps you in shape, is what makes you be prepared day in and day out, right? It forces you to be in that spot where it's like, I can't take a day off. I have to be ready. I have to be prepared. I can't have bad days. I can only have good day after good day after good day after good days. So I think that competition there is going to do great things for a guy like Drew Allar throughout this off season with conditioning and lifting that'll carry into the spring. And then Tom and Nate, when you get to the blue, Viking, I don't need to see him, you know,
2: dominate. I, I don't,
0: <laughs> I don't need to, I, I don't, I don't need to see that. But what I do need to see is a guy that just has it right. There's confidence. He knows what he's doing. He's calm. He's in charge. Um, he's able to process the information. He understands the playbook. He knows what he's seeing. He's decisive. Um, decision making, timing, accuracy, all those things. That's what you need to see. I don't need to see him throw a football 75 yards downfield. <laughs> I don't I don't need to see that. But what I do what you do need to see are right, you know. Him going through progressions, balls getting out of his hand, promoting run after catch. I need to be able to see all of those things from him where when you do look at this last the last spring game there, right you saw like you could see him actually thinking. I don't want to see that. I want to see reaction. I want to see you play. And obviously, he made tremendous strides in that short amount of time from spring game to training camp to when we saw him get thrown in the game at Purdue, which I'm still amazed at, that that was the route and the direction that they went. But it just just shows you how much talent the kid has that he was able to grow that much in that short amount of time. Um, And, you know, again, having – the reps that he got throughout this season, right? You, you, can't, you can't mimic that. But again, Nate, one of the things he hasn't done is he hasn't started a game. Yep. So that is going to be in the back of his mind throughout this entire year, right? I think I got it. I think I got it. I think I'm ready to go. But you don't have the answer yet because he hasn't run out of the tunnel as the guy yet, right? And yeah. It's like, so, yeah, go ahead.
2: No, I mean I was just going to say it's it's uh I mean certainly there's a, there's a million things at work here. I think the prebel point is a is a fantastic one because he he's not only going to make Drew better, he's going to make the entire offense But Like he he just is uh he doesn't go away all all of the stuff that they said about you they say about this, kid, right? Like bottom line is they, they say they have the same characteristics, um, that, that are attached to bow, uh, you know, and, and I think propelling that position forward. But the other thing that I, I think is really important is if Mike Yursich and, and this isn't just me, like Mike has basically said it, if you're going to rely on those running backs so hard, they're really good. They're really, really good. And they're just freshmen. So they're going to get better. It's not like those guys are just like flash of talent without the underlying urge to develop and get better. Like Nick Singleton's a dog, Katron Allen is a dog. Like those guys are going to push each other and continue to get better. They've done everything right. Penn state loves those guys. Combine that with an offensive line that you're no longer scared to death of, and some of some of the pressure I think on Drew Allar should alleviate. It, it shouldn't be so like tense for him because he he doesn't he shouldn't have to carry the entirety of the offense and really. I, I think given the way that the wide receivers currently are composed, he's not going to have that choice anyway. <laughs> it's just not like that. That can't be the strategy next year to say, hey, we're we're just going to let this kid sling it all day uh, to receivers who may or may not catch the ball when you have two running backs of that quality uh, standing there beside him.
0: Nate, we saw Clifford go through that this past year with the run game there and that that found run game and how he was able to take a step back and just play his game and didn't feel the pressure that I think he felt in years past or games past, knowing that wins and losses relied on his right arm and and whether or not he was able to make the big plays. So um, with that, knowing that there, that there is now with this run game offensive line and the talent that they have really on both sides of the ball in depth, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Nate, like, what do they need to find as a team then? This off season, what's the difference between being eleven and two and losing to Michigan and Ohio State? Yeah, or now going into those games feeling like it's ours to lose. What do they need to find?
2: Man, that's a great question. I think certainly you can't. I, I mean, look. I look at that Michigan game and just say that they were physically dominated, right. Defensively. And it wasn't, um, it wasn't one guy. It was like the entirety of the defense had, they just, they, the offense wasn't even on the field. Right. So uh, yeah, you can point some fingers at three and outs in the first half, but it was a 17, 16 game at the half. Like there were opportunities there and then they just didn't have the ball. So like Michigan is, I see that as a one-off that then I look at Ohio state and I say, okay, what's the, you're not just going to point the finger at Sean Clifford, but Sean Clifford's turnovers were the story of that game. So wh- whoever you're going to peg those two, whether it's a, a, a wrong route run or his indecision and poor decision-making in, in some of the turnovers that he had in that game uh yeah that like okay now you're now you're having a direct personnel swap <laughs> okay there there is a new quarterback to make some throws that weren't made in that game and continued i like i just i don't think that the gap is as wide as maybe even i thought it was last year right it, it like this is a team that that did play with Ohio state for three and a half quarters. So if they can play with Ohio state for three and a half quarters, and I think that we would probably all agree on this call, uh, an Ohio state team that played with the national champion way better than the runner up uh, that like that. Penn state should not be lacking in confidence. Right. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that they're totally there. I'm not, they, they aren't totally there, but Everyone has warts. Everyone has stuff that they have to go through. And so Penn state is in a position now where, yeah, you, you have some, you have reasons to, to have confidence and to build on a foundation for a bunch of guys, right? Like you got 12 guys, 11 guys in the true freshman class who played significant snaps this year. <laughs> that's that's something you can build on. That's something you can grow from. Uh, And I think that that, as long as the development that they want to be a hallmark of this program takes place, then they should be in pretty good shape.
1: Nate, thank you so much for joining us here on Pater. A lot of promise, a lot of hope, a lot of potential for the 2023 season. I hope you get some rest uh, and enjoy the Penn State men's basketball season. I know you're diving into that as well, but we appreciate your insight, man. Anytime. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you all so much for joining us. This episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter, at qb 11 and at Tom Hannafin. Paydirt is presented by BetOnline and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Pay Dirt.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.